Hello, everybody, and welcome to the premiere edition of the Earl Time Podcast. My name is Earl Austin. If you know me, I've been covering high school sports and college sports in the St. Louis area for nearly 40 years, 38 to be exact, and uh, in newspaper, uh, TV. Of course, I've been the color analyst for St. Louis University, entering my 33rd season, loving that as well. So something new here, getting into the podcast uh, realm here, looking forward to it. And we're going to talk a lot about my favorite sport of all, that's basketball. Of course, in addition to all my other sports things, I run a website, uh, Prep Hoops Missouri and Prep Girls Hoops Missouri, where we cover all the top uh, boys and girls uh, basketball in the state of Missouri at all across the state. And this is kind of an extension of that. We're going to talk a lot of basketball around the state. We're going to be covering all kinds of uh, tournaments and hopefully have guests throughout. And it's going to be a lot of fun as well. So uh, hope you enjoy this new excursion in my career. Of course, and what we're going to do today is uh, we're going to preview class one through three boys. We're going to give the small schools some love to start off with, classes one, two, and three. And then we're going to have what's called the college spotlight. Uh, Then we're going to have Coach Bob Sunvold of the University of Missouri, St. Louis uh, Tritons. We're going to interview him. The big season are coming off a great year where they went to the Elite Eight of the NCAA Division uh, Two tournament. And then we're going to have uh, a few thoughts, of course, on the upcoming season at St. Louis University. Should be a, a very good year, hopefully. Uh, a lot of new faces, so we'll talk a little bit about the Billikens. Of course, I'd like to thank my young producer uh, on this uh, Earl Time podcast. His name is Richard Austin. Very talented young man. If you get a chance, check him out on his YouTube channel. He goes by King Bling, does a tremendous job, and he's producing this, trying to make me, this old guy, sound good on his initial podcast or so. So with that in mind, we're going to talk a little, uh, we're going to preview statewide basketball in the state of Missouri, and we're going to start with Class 1, the small schools, and of course, we're going to start with with the South Iron Panthers. Uh, they're the bellwether of Class 1, coached by Dusty Dinkins. He's done a tremendous job for many years, played there, and uh, he's got a tremendous season going, a tremendous uh, program going. They've won the last three state championships in Class uh, 1, and he's got a pretty good basketball team once again as well. Of course, they went in the overtime to beat a good St. Elizabeth team to win the state title last year, and uh, he he lost some, you know, every year he loses some great players, whether it's his son, Drennan Dinkins, or uh, Brock Wakefield. Last year was uh, Martez Burst, the player of the year in Class 1. But who's next up? There's always somebody else to step into that uh, lead role. And there's a couple of young men who are quality candidates. One is Sawyer Huff, a six foot two senior, or excuse me, a junior forward. He's an outstanding athlete, good jump shooter. Uh, really uh, attacks the rim well, really enjoy watching him play. And another young man named Marquise Burst. He, of course, if he's a Burst playing at South Iron, he's talented. Of course, he follows Jamarco Burst from the 21-22 championship team and Martez from the 23 championship team. Marquise was the ace six man. He'll move into a big-time starting role. 6-3, an excellent defensive player, long, can shoot, and I think he's going to be a great two-way player his senior year for the Panthers. And they picked up an outstanding transfer from uh, West County. His name is Ty Harlow, a point guard, and he was on a state champion, excuse me, a uh, a state uh, district championship team for West County the last uh, last season. And that's an excellent pickup for uh, South Iron as they look to uh, four Pete. And uh, it's going to be a 
card challenge to try to knock them off of their uh, their throne there, Class 1. A couple of other, some other teams to look at. Chadwick is a team that won a district championship, and uh, they got to the sectionals last year. They won 20 games, and they have a young man named Clayton Garrison, uh, 6'3", junior forward. He's one of the most exciting players in the Class 1 ranks. He's an excellent scorer, but an explosive athlete, throws down dunks, and entertains crowds all through Southwest Missouri, and uh, he's a fun uh, fun player to watch. Also played in the summer with standout prep and did an excellent job during the summer. And uh, he's joined by another young man named Tristan Smith, a junior guard, and Mason Rogers. So three key players back for Chadwick as they look to try to make some more headway in Class 1. Another team that's uh, made the Final Four last year looking to be pretty good, the Glasgow Yellow Jackets. Uh, they're no stranger to success in Class 1. They have a long-standing tradition, and last year they got to the Final Four and took home a fourth-place trophy, and they returned a couple of key players as well. Jordan Femmler is a six-foot senior guard. He's been playing varsity basketball for four years, and in his freshman year, he helped Higby High School get to the Final Four as a freshman and then uh, transferred after his sophomore year. He spent his junior year last year at Glasgow and uh, led them in scoring last year to the Final Four, and returning with him is a young man named Jackson Meyer. He's a six foot three inch uh, sophomore. Uh, gives him a little size up front, but can also shoot the ball from three point range. So those are the Glasgow Yellow Jackets. And of course, I mentioned Higby. They're going to be very good as well. They won 24 games last year, and I think the Tigers are primed to have another strong season as well. And they have a young man named Derek Rocket, a six foot senior. He's already the school's all time leading scorer. He's tracking close to 2,000 points already, and he still has a one full year to play this year. And he's a, he's going to be a very uh, uh, he's going to be one of the top players in Class One once again. They return some other pretty good players: Jackson Hudson, six foot three inch forward; Will Spellman, who had a nice season last year; and Tyler Wilson. A couple of other key players gives him some veteran experience to go along with Derek Rocket and the Higby Tigers. I think Tyler Burton's going to coach Tyler Burton's going to have another good team at Higby. Be. Green City, the Gophers. Uh, they've been to the quarterfinals of the Class 1 the last couple of years. They're small, they're quick, and they like to play fast. And I think they're going to be another factor, once again, looking to take that next step and get to the Final Four. they got a young man I really like named Xander Salas. He's a 5'9", 5'10", uh, junior point guard. He's been starting since he was a freshman, plays with a lot of zeal, uh, really pushes the ball. I really like his uh his mid-range jump shot really passes the ball well, and uh, he's been kind of the, uh, the stirs that drink over at Green City since he was a freshman. Uh, Asher, Asher Bugs Tipton is a 5'11 senior, solid body. He can really score, almost six feet tall, and he was an all-district player, all-conference player. And they have a young man named Ty Hill. Uh, Ty Hall, a five foot seven junior who can really shoot the basketball, really knock down three point shots. So Green City's prime. They have a an excellent season uh, once again. Uh, moving north, we have the Grundy County 
Panthers at 20 or 25 and 3 last year. And they have a young man named Corbin Extel. He's a six foot two forward, kind of a guard forward, very uh, crafty uh, player. Uh, really works the high post well. He's left handed. He can drive to the basket. He can knock down that mid range jump shot, passes the ball well. And he kind of, everything kind of plays through him. And he's been really doing it since he was a freshman as well. And they have a young man named Zachary Cross, who's six foot three. Uh, he can step out and shoot the three-point shot and rebound. He'd average close to 12 points a game to support Extel, who averaged 19 last year. Also returning is a senior guard named Hunter Miller at Grundy County. So they won 25 games. I think they're going to be a, another pretty good team as well. Platte Valley uh, won 29 games, and uh, they've had a lot of success in recent years under Coach Jermaine. Uh, they finished in third place last year. They graduated a lot of young men as well. They had all-stater named Alex Matson, but uh, I think uh, with their tradition, they do an excellent job moving the ball. They shoot the ball well. They won a state championship about three years ago, followed that up with a state runner-up finish, and they were back in the state Final Four last year. So Platte Valley will always be a factor in the northwest part of the state. Atlanta is a team that got to the state quarterfinals last year. They graduated uh, their 6'8 All-States uh, forward from last year, but they got some pretty good guards. I watched them at the Higby Summer Shootout, and I think they're going to be pretty good. Again, J.J. White is a young man, a six-foot guard. I think he's going to step into a prime role. He had some big shots last year to help them, uh, I think, in, a, in that tournament. Uh, he had a big shot uh, to beat Green City to win a championship game as well. And I think they got a young man named Kevin Spearman, who's about six foot five, uh, plays a very solid inside game. Uh, they're going to build around uh, those two te- those two guys. They got some other pretty good guards as well at Atlanta. Brunswick staying north. I uh, watched them at, uh, at a small school tournament last year. They won 22 games last year, and they were a very young team. They played a lot of sophomores, and I think they're going to be with a year more of experience. I think they'll step up and uh, be a little bit better next year. A young man's named Colby Jenkins, uh, Trey Zelstra, I liked him last year, and uh, Ben Rice are a couple of holdovers from Brunswick as they look to uh, uh, have an excellent year after winning 22 games last year. Staying north in the northwest, Pattonsburg High School. Uh, They got to a district championship game last year, and they won 19 games, and they're led by a senior guard named Gabe Iddings, and he's about 5'10", 5'11", very solidly built young man who can really shoot the basketball, plays the game at his own pace, but he really gets where he wants to go all the time at the basket and uh, uh, averaged about 18 points a game. He's joined by uh, Dalton Sperry, who's a senior as well. In the southeast part of the state, we have Risco, a young team that won 15 games last year, but they were very young, and I think they're going to make another step as well. They had a young man named Riley Calvert, six foot uh, uh, junior inside. Uh, Layden Kellum, a six foot junior, really drives the ball well, attacks the basket. Sammy Smith, another junior uh, as well. And uh, just like I say, a young team with a lot of uh, experience coming back. Uh, Kingsville is a team. Uh, would have had a lot of young players, but they have a, probably one of the most intriguing players in Class One. A young man named John Fleeman. He's about six foot ten, big, strong kid. He's about two sixty, two seventy. 
but he's fun to watch. Uh, he played for the Missouri Hawks during the summer for my buddy Mike Lawson. He uh, he can really handle the ball. He can pass the ball. He could shoot it. He can pass it from the high post. And he's still a work in progress. But he received a, an offer from Tulsa Division One uh, school. And I think as he continues to develop, he's really going to be quite a prospect at the class one level. Uh, it, his name is John Fleeman, a young man who I enjoy watching play. And you know, I love the big men. Uh, the bigs can play. And I think he's one that's kind of under the radar, but you're going to be hearing a lot from him this year. Eminence High School out of the Southeast it was a good team last year. They got to a district championship game. Uh, they have a young man named Eddie Rich, and they also have uh, Luke Walker, Carter Blackburn, and a young man I really like, Drew Foster, who was an all-district player last year. He's about six foot two. He can shoot the three, but he does a good job handling the ball and can really score around that basket. He plays real big inside, and he's kind of tough to handle. His name is Drew Foster. So that's kind of a look at Class 1 around the state. Uh, we're going to take a look at Class 2, but first we're going to have a little word from Prep Hoops and Prep Girls Hoops Missouri. Basketball season is upon us, and if you want the best statewide basketball coverage, check out our websites, Prep Hoops Missouri for the boys and Prep Girls Hoops Missouri for the girls. Whether it's in the big cities or the small towns, big school, small school, it does not matter. Our Prep Hoops websites will cover the action on a year-round basis, beginning with the preseason tournaments, holiday tournaments, big shootout events, and of course, the postseason tournaments. But it doesn't stop there. We cover our Show Me State standouts throughout the spring and summer grassroots events and into the fall. You know, if a kid's got game, Prep Hoops and Prep Girls Hoops Missouri has your name. Get your subscription today. And continuing with our Back with the Earl Time podcast, our premiere edition, we're going to look at Class 2 around the state. Uh, some more great small schools and the team that won it last year were the Salisbury Panthers. Uh, they were uh, state runners-up in 2021, and they uh, broke through last year, won 29 games, and won the state championship. And they have a tremendous uh, player returning in Cooper Francis. He's a six foot four senior guard, but he does everything. He can handle the ball. He shoots the ball from three-point range. He'll drive the ball. He's a passer. He's very unselfish. He does a good job of just making everybody around him better, and uh, he's just a fantastic player. He lost his first year of high school, the year they went to the state championship game with an injury, but he's come on strong and has had a, a excellent, uh, a tremendous career and uh, leading up with a state championship last year. He's a very good player. He's fun to watch. Played with um, one of the Mocan teams during the summer at a high level during the grassroots season. They returned some other key players. Uh, up front, they have a young man named Hayden Woolridge, six foot six senior forward who who's really a good, solid player inside. He can really score around that basket rebound, can block shots, and really has a very good inside presence. Also, alongside uh, Wooldridge inside, they have a young man named Mason Stapleton, who's a six foot three senior forward. He gives you a lot of muscle inside, strong, plays a good physical game. So that's a good-sized team for uh, 6'4", 6'6", 6'3", at the Class two level, and they all know how to play Hall of Fame coach on the sidelines. And uh, they're, they're going to be tough once again. Plattsburgh, another team that got to the class uh, two-way Final Four last year. And they probably have the most talented player uh, right there with Francis. Uh, 
Isaiah Howard, who's a six foot five senior. He's committed to North Dakota State, and he led uh, Plattsburgh to a thirty one and one record last year. And the young man could do it all. He had some big numbers, and if he wasn't getting thirty points, in addition to his thirty points, he was getting fifteen, sixteen rebounds. He was getting six assists, playing good defense. So he kind of did it all last year, and. Uh, led all the way to a, a Final Four appearance for the first time in school's history. And uh, it's going to be a – he's a tough, tough young man to try to stop around the basket. Uh, he played for Victor Williams during the summer. He's been playing up at the 17U level uh, for the last couple of years and really holding his own. And as you see, he's a Division One player as a result. Also returning, Rylan Langdon, who's a junior, really provided some pretty good three-point shooting uh, last year, and that's pretty good when you got a star player such as uh, Isaiah Howard. Anybody that can knock down three-point shots is going to be uh, an asset to your team. So that's the Plattsburgh Tigers. Also, uh, another Final Four team, which returned some pretty good teams, the Hartville Eagles. Now, they were in Class 3 a few years back, and of course, they had a little mini dynasty going back-to-back state champions, a tremendous team, and after a year of kind of retooling, they dropped down to Class 2, and here they were, right back in the Final Four last year with a 25-win season, the team that moves the ball, really plays as a unit. Uh, It's fun to watch uh, Brett Reed's team go. And uh, they return an all-state player in uh, Jalen Cryer, a six-foot-two-inch senior guard who averaged about 14 points a game, can really shoot the ball. He drives the ball well and really plays well in the system. Grant Culver is a six-foot-five forward, very solid young all player all the way around, can score and rebound. And they're also returning is their point guard, uh, Logan Simpson, who's 5'9", a solid floor general who can shoot the three-point shot as well. Those are your hard. Hartville Eagles. Back to the mid-Missouri area, uh, there's Harrisburg, and they're led by Trace Combs, a six-foot-four-inch uh, junior uh, who's uh, been starting since his freshman year. Very good ball player, and Haven Samuels is back. Harrisburg is a team which uh, has an excellent tradition as well. They uh, play in that District 7 right there with Salisbury. They go back and forth, and uh, uh, they played in the district championship as well. Wablo High School made it to the state quarterfinals last year. And they won 24 games. And they have a player I really like. I've enjoyed watching him play throughout his career. His name is Gage Johnson. He's a six-foot guard. He's been a four-year starter. He scored over 1,500 points. And he's averaged 20 points a game last season. But he also has a knack for hitting big shots, whether it's at the buzzer or just when his team really needs it. He's hit some big shots throughout his career. Uh, Blake Darnell is another senior who's been playing on varsity for three or four years and has been a factor. And Dawson Stewart is another senior. So those are the Wablo Tigers at 24 to 7. In Missouri, mid-Missouri, Eugene uh, was a district championship team, won 22 games last year. They were a lot of fun to watch and they were a very young team. So this is a team that was uh, will be on the come up. As well, uh, they had a, a sophomore point guard named Ethan Wonderlook who broke into the starting lineup as a freshman last year. Really knows how to play the game, shoots the ball well, handles, passes the basketball. And they have uh, a couple of juniors in Justice Allen and Isaac Bush 
very good basketball players. They're still a young team, but a team that's destined to do some very good things in class two this year. That's Eugene. Down south, we have Greenville High School, the Bears. They really have high aspirations this year after winning 22 games, and they return a, a good, strong cast. They have a young man I really like named Easton Evans, a six foot two, six foot three senior guard who kind of plays a little bit of everything for for them. He led him in scoring at 16 points a game last year. He can drive the ball with strength and authority. He can hit the three-pointer, can create off the dribble, and he's unselfish. He can pass the ball and uh, make others better. And follow along with him, they have a big physical young man named Trey Porter inside. He's got the, he looks like a, an offensive lineman on the football. He's about 6'4", about 290. And when he post up in the lane um, there's nobody moving him and he's got a nice soft touch around the basket as well he just knows how to play in that low post uses his body and just moves people around the lane like furniture and is just a, a, a tough player to match up with inside I like those type of guys I'm a big guy myself so yeah Trey Porter can play Clopton High School at 21 and 9 last year they got to the quarterfinals last year and battled they lost the to eventual state champion Salisbury and they have a strong team led by my old buddy Tony Francis who's done an excellent job as a coach at Clopton of course he won a state championship in that area with the Silex girls years back he's coached division one girls basketball at St. Louis University on the women's side and now he's with the boys and he's done a tremendous job at Clopton High School they have a pair of brothers who really do the job. One is uh, Cash Ivins, Evans, who's a six foot four forward. He's another big physical player inside who moves people around, but has a very soft touch around the basket and good moves. And he's got his uh, younger brother, six foot three junior Kane Ivins, who's a six three. He's he's a big kid, not quite as big as his brother, but uh, very uh, skilled player. Can move the ball uh, off the dribble, can shoot the basketball, and it's a very tough one-two combination, and they really complement each other well. And uh, they're, they're going to be a very good team to try to deal with as well. I think Tony's going to have another strong team on their hands. Norwood High School, the team that won the state championship uh, in 2022, had a, you know, built around some young players uh, last uh, last year. They were 20 and 9 playing in a tough district. So, and a lot of those kids are back. They're juniors. The best one coming back is a young man named Peyton Medeiros who's a six foot six one guard left-handed who's uh, already received a division one offer uh, from uh, Austin P and I think he's one that's going to really continue to emerge he's a very skilled guard who can create his own shot and knock down three pointers and uh, he's going to you know step into that prime role I think a couple of years ago of course they were led by the great Garrett DeVault and that state championship team, Garrett the Buckets, I call him, back uh, during that state championship run. So Peyton McDarris, Cooper Vaughn, and Noah Drake, a shooter, they can all uh, fill up the basket, and uh, they'll make a very good team at Norwood. Staying in the southwest area, another guy that can really who fill up the basket is uh, 
Brady Nicholson, and he'll be the leader at Ash Grove, another team that won 20 games last year. He's already committed to Drury University right there in Springfield, and uh, uh, Brady is a 6'3 guard and outstanding offensive player. I've watched him in a, a lot of different camps over the summer, and a young man could really fill it up, and uh, he's going to be fun to watch in uh, anything, anything that the Pirates do. As far as they can go, uh, that's, it'll be with Brady Nicholson uh, driving the bus. Another young man staying in that area. There's some real bucket getters in, in southwest Missouri in the small schools. And uh, we take you to Bakersfield, Missouri, a team which finished 19-7. and seven. And they have a young man named Ethan Cotter who can uh, – who's averaged about 25 points a game last year. He's a five foot ten senior. He's fun to watch. He's a young man who shoots the ball from close. To, he can go out to the volleyball line 30 feet. He's comfortable shooting the basketball, or he can create his own shot, and he can break down people off the dribble, and he can he's faced all kinds of combination defenses, and he's going to get his points, and he can pass the basketball as well. And they have uh, pretty much their entire starting league uh, lineup back. They're not very big, but they know how to play together. Morris uh, Collins, Connor Jones, a five foot ten forward as well, and uh, Mason and Bo Bean as well are back for Bakersfield to uh, so they should be a pretty good team. Staying in the south, going south here, heard a lot of good things about Puxico, the Indians, in the southeast part of the state. Uh, a lot of depth, a lot of, uh, had a new coach last year, and uh, they played a lot of young people. Landon Bouchard was a young man who played as a freshman, good player. Jaden Mitchell, Thomas Birch, Skylar Zimmerman are a couple of uh, other players to watch at Puxico. So... That's a look at some of the top class two teams around the state. Uh, get out and see some of these small school teams. A lot of talent. Next, we're going to take you to class three to wrap up as far as the, the preview portion of this Earl Time podcast. And, of course, we'll start with the, the defending state champions. That will be New Madrid County Central. And it was, of course, they were coached by the legendary Linus McFerrin, and he went out as a winner last year, retiring with a state championship, and they did a tremendous job. Of course, the big win, they defeated Charleston last year in that sectional contest, of course, big rivals, and uh, that was probably more or less, a lot of people thought that was the state championship team as game as Charleston was a loaded team coming off of a state championship, and New Madrid was able to overcome them, and of course, went on and won yet another state title and they're led by the great Jadis Jones a six foot five senior who's been a monster at New Madrid since his freshman year averaged 23 points and 14 rebounds a game he plays with such a high motor he's a left-handed dunker rebounder good passer and he's one of the best defensive players he gets steals and deflections all the time and he's just been a pillar of strength and consistency for New Madrid ever since he stepped on the court as a, as a young freshman four years ago. And, of course, he's going to go play, play uh, football and basketball at Coastal Carolina after this year. And he got his running buddy back last year, which made a big difference in B.J. Williamson, who's going into his senior year, a six-foot senior. B.J. averaged close to 
20 points a game last year. Now, B.J., throughout his whole career, could always go attack the basket with a vengeance. But this year, he added a little jump shot. He can knock down enough three-point shots to really make it tough for you to defend them. When you're somebody who's going to go downhill like B.J., his ability to shoot the three made him very tough to defend as well. Also in that class is A.J. Ruff, a 5'9 junior who's a very pesky defensive player, good on-ball defender, and Caden Minner, a 5'9 senior returns for the Eagles. Going to be plenty of competition for New Madrid as uh, Class 3 is very, very competitive. The team they defeated last year in the state championship game was the Lutheran North Crusaders, and they're going to be very good again under coach Gary Spiller because he has his son Bryce back. Bryce Spiller is a six foot five senior guard who's headed to the Air Force Academy next year, just committed oh, about a week ago or so. And he's just a scoring machine. He averaged about 18 points a game, strong, three-level score, can get to the free throw line and can make big shots in clutch situations. He kind of drives that engine at Lutheran North. They return a young man named Arnez Newton, a six foot five senior who's a rebounder, tough role player, can block shots. And a young uh, Izzy Prude, who's a six, uh, five, 10, five, 11 junior guard. Now Izzy will go down in Lutheran North folklore, of course, in the state semifinals against Thayer when the Crusaders were down by three points. Prude hit the three-pointer at the buzzer to put the game in the overtime. Luther North wins, and they move on to the state championship game. But he's a nice player as well, average about eight points a game. Jai Smith, a player I'm looking for, a six-foot-three senior, to do some good things this year. I liked what I saw from him in some of the summer tournaments. We mentioned Thayer. Thayer, the Bobcats. Well, once again, Coach Pitts will have another great team. Matt Pitts has done a tremendous job, 12 district championships, several Final Fours, and they'll be in the hunt once again in Class 3, and he's got one of the best offensive players in Class 3, or in the state as well, a young man named Aiden Burns. Very entertaining player to watch. Uh, he's a bucket, averaged 21 points a game, and he creates off the dribble as well as anybody that you're going to see. He can uh, get his own shot, hit three-pointers, and he's fun to watch. Uh, they got a couple of juniors right along with them. Uh, Devin Harrington, a six foot six uh, junior forward, he got he had 22 rebounds in that state semifinal game against Lutheran North, and he attacks the basket and he'll throw down slam dunks, and uh, he's a force around that basket. And the other junior is five nine guard East Ethan, excuse me, Easton Pitts. I like Easton. Easton's got a lot of spunk and a lot of talent. He can shoot the ball. He really uh, play, defends well, can get steals and deflections, and uh, he's not scared of anybody, even though he's usually the smallest player on the court. And, of course, a couple of twins, Rowan Spencer, who averaged about 11 points a game, and Mark Spencer also returned. So they are the lo- they're loaded. The Bobcats are ready to try to get, get, get into that Final Four mix once again. New to the Class 3A mix that are the Principia, Panthers, coached by Jay Blossom, of course, they uh, were in 2A last year and they got to the state championship game where they lost to Salisbury and they're just getting started. Of course, Jay Blossom's a Hall of Fame coach who had the four championships or three championships at Webster Groves and he's gotten things going in very short order at Principia. They started four freshmen last year and uh, one is back is uh, Jalen Edwards, who was an all-state guard last year, a 5'10 sophomore forward guard, average 15 
15 points, can really shoot three-pointers well at about a 38, 39% clip. He's got good quickness and can run the show. They got Ben Quentin Coleman, who's another 5'10 guard who can really score, plays with a lot of uh, energy and a lot of confidence. A couple of sophomores up front, Ben Acaro, he's six foot six, small forward, long and thin, can really uh, uh, play that game as well. I like Ben. I think he's got a big upside as well. They're go- they're going to be pretty good, and I think they got they got some newcomers as well in the mix. Uh, three young men, a young man named Ali. Tunkara, a six, a seven foot center who's got length, runs the court. I think he's going to be, he's going to step right into the uh, spot for the graduated Stephen Okoro. And they got a six eight young man named Siku Sise, a six, and Ture Gassim, a six foot three guard as well. Ronald Henry, a six five uh, forward, is just another sophomore is somebody to watch as well for Principia. So watch for the Principia Panthers. The Montgomery County uh, out of uh, the mid-Missouri, another strong team to watch. They have one of the best forwards, best players in the state in the class of 2025, Clayton Parker. He's a six foot eight forward. He's a combo forward because he's got a great post game, great footwork around that basket, and he can shoot the three, can really stretch out the defense, and he could just dominate games. I remember a game I was at Ellsbury. I think he had a pull up about 40 feet at the buzzer to win the game for Montgomery County. He's got two older brothers at Columbia College, and he's kind of a core six eight, six nine. Well, he's he's kind of a, uh, a combination of his two older brothers. I believe he's probably going to be a Division One caliber uh, recruit before it's all said and done. He's joined by Isaiah Thomas, who's a six-foot point guard who's been there as a freshman, really gotten stronger, really drives to the basket well, very physical point guard. Tyler Irwin is a six-foot, two, six-three forward, big body, really plays well. And what will really help them is they got a transfer from Verona named Jacob Stellwagen, who's one of the top shooters in the Southwest Missouri last year, has ranged out to 28, 30 feet. He'll let it fly from anywhere. Gives them another offensive weapon for a good team. So Montgomery County uh, won a district a couple of years ago, fell just short last year, lost to North Callaway, looking to do some strong, special things this year. Moving back to the Southwest, Sparta was a good team to watch last year. They had one of their better seasons. They won 24 games last year. They got to the championship game, I believe it was, of the Blue and Gold Tournament. Just had a lot of success last year for the small school. And a young man who really made it happen was Jacob Lafferty, a six foot six senior. He's been starting since his freshman year. He's one of the more most explosive guys in that area, in the Southwest area, or the state for that matter. The young man dunks anything and everything around that basket. I love watching this kid play. He's fun. He's strong, 6'6", about 220, dunks on anybody. And he's developed a little jump shot from the three-point range, can put it on the floor, and it's continued to add on to his game. But uh, he is a force around that basket. He's a 20-10 and 10 guy. Uh, you can mark that in the book before you even uh, throw up the opening tip as well. He's joined by Walker Loveland, who's a six foot, who's a, a guard who can shoot the ball, a senior, giving more experience in the backcourt. So that's Sparta. Back in, in St. Louis, 
We have the Maplewood Blue Devils, uh, who made a nice run last year. They won a district championship, and uh, I think they're going to be very good again. I think Coach Salcell has uh, done a nice job in, ju- in taking over the program and uh, yeah, really making them real solid once again. They have a nice 6'3 senior guard forward named Eric Shaw. He's committed to State Fair Community College. He's kind of that Swiss Army knife. He averages about 15, 16 points a game, but he really can drive the basketball. He's an athlete, rebounds, plays good defense. He can really uh, jump up and hit those jump shots from the mid-range. Fun to watch as well because he just plays with such a good motor. Yeah, one of the top freshmen in the state. He was my Class 3A freshman of the year last year named Abraham Nayu, uh, six-foot sophomore. Uh, excellent work. Uh, lefty, it was right-handed, does a nice job just attacking the basket. Uh, he's going to be a very good player throughout his career. Micah Boone is a 6'2", kind of an all-purpose guard, does makes a lot of hustle plays. Looking forward to him to have a, a big season. So those are the Maplewood Blue Devils. A couple of teams in the Kansas City area. Summit Christian, I think, is going to be very good. A couple, they went to the Final Four a couple of years ago, had to kind of retool the program, and they've got some real good players, young young players they've developed. Cart Max Rieger, who's a two-year starter, now averaged 16 points a game. He's going to be uh, one of the better small school players in the Kansas City area. Also back is junior Carter Jeffries, averaged 11 points a game. And they have one of the top freshmen in the Kansas City metro area and Michael Thomas, uh, six foot four freshman, good athlete, can play inside, can shoot it. He's going to be an impact player as well. He's already made some impressions during the summer and during the fall league. So he's going to do uh, some good things at Summit Christian. At St. Michael, uh, the Archangel also played some very good freshmen last year. Two that come to mind, Josh Wheeler, who was a sophomore guard, really could score the basketball, handles the ball well, can create off the dribble. And Philip Howard, pretty smooth young man at about six foot one, very good player as well. Coming northeast, we got Palmyra. Missouri and Palmyra has one of the better class uh, three players as well. Probably under the radar, but he's been a four-year starter. A young man named Bear Bach. He's a six-five, plays point guard for Palmyra and plays it very well. He could score, but he does a nice job of really uh, distributing that basketball. He's high IQ, really sees the court well. A very good basketball player, uh, excellent ball player. Cole Camp is a team which has had some pretty good success the last couple of years. They got to the quarterfinals last year, losing to a good Lutheran North team. And the last two years, Cole Camp has won their sectional game with a half-court shot at the buzzer. So they've probably provided some of the most excitement and drama in postseason in Class 3 the last couple of years, the Bluebirds of Cole Camp. St. Pius of Kansas City back in Kansas City waited to the quarterfinals after playing a tough schedule. They have one of the top point guards in the Kansas City area in Grant Red. Grant Red has been playing great great basketball ever since he uh, stepped on the court as a freshman. He averaged 18 points a game last year, and he's back for his senior year for one more run at it. One, a couple more teams to go before we close it up here as far as our preview. Fair Grove out of uh, southwest Missouri is a very balanced team. I think they're looking to have a very good season. They have a young man named Tyler Barnett, a big, strong, six-foot, seven-inch post player who's committed to Baptist Bible. 
really could score around that basket, scores inside. And they have uh, Spencer Seeger, hope I'm pronouncing that right, who's an all-district player, Brent Winterberg, a senior, and Bryden Baxter. It's a very balanced team looking to uh, uh, make their mark in Class 3. And you can't mention Class 3 without mentioning the Charleston Blue Jays. Now, Charleston's a team which lost a lot. I mean, they, they had Rico Coleman, who was a four-year starter, graduated. They graduated three starters, and, of course, the main kid that graduated or didn't graduate was P.J. Farmer, who transferred to Sykeston. But uh, you can never count out Charleston. They're going to have talent. They got a young man named Coterion Owens, who's a six-foot-two forward, who uh, is a lot of fun to watch. He's a big, physical young man who outplays big players all the time because he's got great footwork, and he's got a good motor, and he can also shoot the basketball as well. So Coterian is going to be the, the, the top player and the new leader for the Charleston Blue Jays. So that's a look with our small school preview classes one, two, and three. Of course, we'll have classes four, five, and six coming up on a later podcast. And of course, we'll do the girls uh, class one, two, and three coming up as well. Next thing we're going to do, we're going to have our college spotlight and we're going to talk it over with uh, a good friend, Bob Sunvold, coach at the University of Missouri, St. Louis uh, Tritons. Had a great season last year, looking forward to having another good season. So let's uh, talk to Coach Bob Sunvold of the Tritons. And we're continuing on the Earl Time Podcast. It's our college basketball spotlight, and we're going to talk it over with Bob Sunvold, the head coach at the University of Missouri-St. Louis Tritons. He's a veteran. He's done a great job at many places, but doing a tremendous job here at UMSO. And, Coach, uh, season starts uh, in a couple of days, and you're getting right into it, headed to Florida, headed to Michigan uh, with a new team. We are, and uh, I probably have overscheduled this team. And uh, we'll find out. But uh, we start early uh, this weekend. We go to Lakeland, Florida, and we were selected to play in the Hall of Fame Classic. And it's a small college Hall of Fame. And so they have the induction ceremony for Hall of F- or for small college players. They make a big deal out of the weekend. Uh, they generally wanted nationally prominent teams. And so for four or five years, I've been trying to get our team in because it would be two early games. And uh, so they called us last year after our Elite Eight run and, we're really happy to be going, and we're going to play Cedarville, which is out of Ohio, and they're in our region. And then we're playing Bentley out of Massachusetts. Well, both those teams have been in the NCAA tournament in the last three, four years. So uh, the t- competition will be terrific. And uh, we just kind of got a lucky little deal last year, too. We started out with a real tough schedule. We were able to win games early. And in Division Two, uh, what you do in early November has as much of an impact as your late February games because – they get into this regionally ranking and they get into what regional play you've had, what types of teams. And so we really have to play well early. It's an important part of our schedule. Of course, before we continue to go on about this year, let's take a quick look back about last year, a tremendous run uh, to the NCAA tournament, Umzel's first Elite Eight performance in over 50 years. Uh, had to be a gratifying year for the, for the Tritons. Well, you know, when you're going through it, it, you know, if you look back at our season, we ended up losing 11 games last year. And so there were some moments in February that wasn't it wasn't fun at all. I mean, we were really kind of struggling and trying to figure out what our niche was. And I think, I, like I mentioned, going back, our early schedule was really strong. And so we held this regional ranking throughout the month of February. And then we got in and we got into the GLBC tournament. We played Rockhurst and Indy really 
really well. Got beat by McKendry in the finals, but our guys were playing great. And uh, and you give McKendry credit; they had a terrific year last year, especially at the end. And then getting in the regional, and we go over to uh, Indy and um, you know play well against Ferris and Wisconsin Parkside and beat McKendry in the final. And then to go to the Elite Eight, we draw Nova Southeastern, which was terrific. And uh, I thought we played them. I mean, we were tied with about four to go, and you know we're right there and. Uh, I, I was real gratifying at the end of the year. But as, when you're in it, you know, you're like, man, you're grinding and trying to find a, a sliver of hope or promise. And uh, this that team was able to get that done. Of course, it's been some challenging times with college basketball. Of course, we had the COVID years and now the portal when you're, kind of, you know, losing players, having to replace players. But through all that, you've been able to navigate the program through probably one of its most successful stretches in program history. 27 wins, 26 wins, GLVC titles, culminating with the Elite Eight. What's been the key to having that success with all the challenges that you've had to face the last four or five years? Well, the first easy one is a good staff. I mean, uh, I had great assistant coaches, Jesse Shaw, who's now the head coach of Maryville, and and Scott Gothier, who's now an assistant at Lindenwood. Man, they really were terrific in identifying and evaluating the guys that could come here and play. And then uh, uh, Javis Flynn's on our staff now, and Rob Rollinson just joined us this summer. But I think that's been a key. And then you can't forget Chico Jones has been here for 40-some years, and he's kind of the spirit that this group of guys really look forward to being around and working for. Uh, but I think the other thing is you got to got to be flexible. We don't play the same every year. Our offense changes and with the players and the personnel and their skill set. And then uh, you know, then you got to have a few absolutes that we do want to defend, and uh, we do want to be as good a job, do a good job on rebounding, and then you take it from there. You've been in this business uh, decades now, the 80s, uh, back to your days at Missouri with Coach Norm Stewart. So much has changed. The landscape has changed. And you've seen some big names like uh, Jay Wright and, you know, obviously Coach K. Guys have gotten out of it. Uh, what has kept you in it? What's kept you going and, and continuing to be successful despite all the sweeping changes you've seen in our game? Well, I don't think we have the battle that you say Jay Wright or any of the coaches at the high superpower level because Mm -hmm. of the NIL or their portal. But I think this, I think if you took uh, Jay Wright aside or even Jim Beheim aside and said, what would you, did you like best? They would tell you practice. Okay. Well, I think one of the great things about being at division two and being at UMSL, Hey, practice is the best time of my day, one to three. And I like being in practice. I like teaching. I like being around the players. And now you get done with practice. Those guys at that level, Hey, they're battling, Alumni, they're battling recruiting, they're battling every a, a lot of things. I don't have that battle. I, I got, you know, we got to do a good job recruiting. Uh, we need to do a good job, you know, and keep promoting. But really, for the most part, this is about your team and your players, and you put them together and you, you get to coach them. And, and so I, I've truly enjoyed that in all the aspects of coaching, the big games and whatever. I still think it gets down to those two hours are really enjoyable. You had to turn over your roster quite a bit the last couple of years. Last year, was it 14 new players? <laughs> How many this year? We got seven new seven ones. New. Now, and then the other thing is we returned, I should say, the good thing is we returned um, six guys. And uh, the issue is that three of them really didn't play. One redshirted, uh, a couple other guys were good squad guys. And then, um, so we've got three returning players that got a lot of good minutes. So we really need five of these new guys that come in to help us. I mean, they really got to step up. And uh, we're battling a little injury issue. issue. Um, you know, so we're going to fight through that early on. But 
I like our group. I like, um, you know, we've got some good leadership out of a guy like Matt Enright at Webster, from Webster Groves. He works harder than, you know, probably any kid I've been around. I mean, he's in the gym every day. Uh, Janir Harris returns uh, from last year and Mason Quarterbaum from last year. Those three guys played a lot, you know, played quite a bit of minutes. So we've got a good feel for what they're going to give us. Now these other two spots we're filling on the floor are probably going to be new guys or returning guys that we didn't get to see a lot. So that'll be the kind of the fun of putting the puzzle together. Of course, Division Two. Uh, for those who aren't as you know, people would like, like to watch Division One, the sexy programs and everything. But obviously, Division Two is such a high quality of basketball. Talk about the GLVC. Uh, you've been in it several years, and how good the, the, the how quality the basketball is in this conference. Well, I think what you know, it, and I go back. Any league I've been in, I always think is good. I mean, mm-hmm. it really, you lo- start looking around because you have to compete against that group. That's your peer group. Your your, your, your set competition. Uh, but like in this level, uh, we've had guys go from the GOVC and go play pro. I mean, Max Struess was at Lewis for a number of years. He's still throwing them in for Cleveland yes. Cavaliers. Uh, India had a kid named Lloyd who's been a great pro. I mean, there, there's a chance for these players to come in and do things that they want to do. More importantly to me, the coaches are terrific. Uh, going into this season, Paul Cursero at Indy is the head coach. And, and University of Indianapolis returned everybody from a regular season title last year. They're ranked fourth or fifth in the preseason polls. Um, McHenry's returned a lot of guys. George Suggs does a great job of coaching there. Illinois Springfield has Matt Brock as their coach, who at one time was at Missouri Baptist here in town. Those three teams have all gotten recognition in the preseason, okay? And so now you got other schools like Quincy and uh, Missouri S&T and Rolla and Drury. Hey, they're all good. I mean, they're, it's going to be really tough. It's fun. And as a coach, you really enjoy the competition, and you know it's going to be a heck of a fight every Thursday and Saturday. Every year during the preseason exhibition games, you always see – Division two schools knocking off Division one wasn't any different this year. Kentucky Wesleyan knocks off Louisville uh, at the Yum Center last week. Uh, it's all become a yearly occurrence. Uh, talk to the 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 level of talent. Sometimes it, it could be blurred between Division two and especially your lower level Division one schools. Well, it is, but you know, here's the thing: you can't get wrapped up into that because, but it happens every year. Every year, <laughs> but it also has hurt us because we used to have a pretty good opportunity, like to go play Southern Illinois or an area school. Well, now they're all you know worried about what's your team like, how many guys you got back, and they don't want to schedule. But we've been lucky. St. Louis U's been so gracious to let us play them a few times here in the last few years, and we played Mizzou a few years ago. But, but the big thing for us is that uh, it, it's great identity. You get to play against the teams, and, and really it puts your guys kind of in their place. Now, Kentucky Wesleyan going to Louisville to win, I don't know how that coach is going to get them to ready to play their next or their regular season, but what an upset and what a big win. I think when you go to a Division II game, what you're going to see is our guard plays really strong and very similar. And, uh, you know, I, I think back in 1994, uh, or 93-94 season, I'm at Central Missouri. And I get a call from Norm at Missouri, and he said, hey, we just had a team back out. Could you play us? And I said, sure. So we moved to game around. Anyway, we go play at Hearn Center, and uh, they end up beating us close game late uh, on a last-second deal. And we're walking off, and Norm says, my God, your guards are better than ours. Well, that was the year they had Melvin Booker. They were undefeated in the Big Eight. So... I mean, we really had some, you, you get some terrific players at this level, generally not big guys, because those guys are already, 
transitioned or they've already been evaluated for the higher level. But it's really some fun basketball, and there's some just great stuff going on in Division Two. Finally, talk about the atmosphere of getting to the Elite Eight, which is kind of the equivalent of the Final Four of the NCAA Division I tournament, to have your kids experience that. You know what was neat was they, they made it into a student-athlete experience. Okay, banquet, uh, they give them gifts, there's swag involved. Uh, you're staying at a nice hotel. You're, they're very organized in their practice. Uh, they're lim- you know, you get one hour, you get one hour. They're walking you off the floor if you're not... Uh, they're too if you're there too long but I think that was a huge deal and then the great thing for us was our players handled it great I mean we didn't come out all nervous and wondering where we were I mean our guys just played and we played in the Ford Center in Evansville which is a great arena and uh, it's just really a neat thing and I know our returning guys are really hoping we can get back to that well, Coach, always a pleasure to talk with you. You've done a tremendous job here in St. Louis, as you have everywhere, and uh, looking forward to seeing the Tritons in action. Good luck to you, and have a great 23-24 season. Earl, thank you very much, and hey, I can't wait to listen to Earl time. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's head coach Bob Sumville of the Umzo Tritons. We'll be back more with the Earl Time Podcast. Well, thank you, Coach. I really appreciate it, and good luck to you as uh, you embark on another great season in 2023-24. To wrap up the first Earl Time podcast, uh, once again, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about St. Louis University. Of course, I'm the uh, color commentator, and just a few thoughts as we embark on another season. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, It's going to be a little different look, a lot of new faces. Of course, Yuri Collins, we're used to watching him uh, bring that ball up in the uh, throw those dazzling passes. We're used to seeing Javante Perkins knocking down shots, Francis Okoro snatching boards. So, so it's going to be a new crew here. So we're going to be small, but I think they have the potential to really uh, have some fun this year, on, especially on the perimeter. Gibson Jimerson is back. He was, of course, a 6'5". He was going to be he was the first team uh, preseason All-Atlantic 10, led us in scoring last year at 14 points a game. On the perimeter, he's going to be joined by some pretty good players. Sincere Parker, the six foot five guard, I think he's got he's got the potential to have a breakout season. As does Larry Hughes the second. He's been impressive during the preseason as well. So those are three young men to watch. Holding it down in the middle this year will be T.J. Hargrove, only six five, but plays with a lot of energy. He can shoot the three. He's going to be fun to watch as well. We got we got a lot of newcomers. As, as well, Michael Meadows, uh, a junior, a, a fifth-year senior, grad transfer out of Port Lincoln score. He's got NCAA tournament experience. CN Medley is an exciting young point guard out of uh, New Jersey. He could really pass the ball quick. I think he's going to be very good to watch. He's going to have a very nice career. Kellen Thames out of a Pattonville High School. He was there last year, but redshirted. He's a, he's a dynamic athlete. You're going to see him settle into a pretty nice role. And Tim Dalger, another name to mention, a 6'7 grad transfer out of Tulsa. So a lot of new faces, a lot of new roles. So we're, we're looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. It's going to be a lot of fun once again. And uh, hopefully uh, we can do some good things in the Atlantic 10 Conference. So that's going to wrap up our first edition of the Earl Time Podcast. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. We're going to, like I said, we're going to be talking basketball throughout the year as well. We're going to get a lot of tournaments. Uh, we're just getting into the season, but we're going to
going to get these previews. Like you said, we're going to talk about the girls coming up, the big schools. We're going to get colleges as we go along, guests. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be an excellent season all the way around. And of course, we'll not only when I'm not talking about it, we'll be covering it on Prep Hoops Missouri and Prep Girls Hoops Missouri. I hope you can get a chance to subscribe. We'll be uh, covering it year round and uh, uh, give trying to give a lot of exposure to a lot of these young uh, boys and girls around the state of Missouri. They're very talented and they, they can play at all levels and uh, that's what we're here to do. Once to thank my once again our producer uh, Richard Austin and for getting us going here on this initial podcast and uh, look forward to talking with you once again on the Earl Time podcast. I'll talk to you soon.